All right. Let's go to Romans chapter 14. Romans chapter 14, verse 17. Hopefully a uh, familiar passage to you. One of my favorites. Have you noticed I say that a lot, one of my favorites? It's all good. Don't get me wrong, there are some parts that are better than others, but it's all good. Romans chapter 14. I'm reading out of the English Standard Version. Verse 17 says this, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. In the Holy Spirit. This past Sunday, uh, Pastor Jacob shared with us on this concept of the place where heaven and earth meet. And he talked about or introduced a principle to us from the scriptures called the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. And I'd like to pick up with a little bit of commentary around the kingdom tonight and what it is in the way that I believe that the Lord's provided for all of us to access his kingdom in a deeper way in our lives, and that is by means of the Holy Spirit. I want to talk tonight about the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, specifically the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I felt the Lord uh, prompted me to share on this uh, this morning, and uh, I said, Lord, I said, this is the Wednesday night group. These are the these are the core people. These are the people that already know all this. Uh, and he said, no, that this is what I was supposed to, to share on. So uh, even as I was fighting a little bit, the thought process that this seems to be very uh, basic and very foundational, uh, I feel like the Lord wants to do a specific work tonight, uh, specifically for people that are ready to step in and experience the power of God through the Holy Spirit. Um, and I know the, the defining moment for me 10 years ago, 10 years ago, whenever I stepped into what it means to be baptized in the power of God through the Holy Spirit, uh, I was uh, saved, born again at a young age, gave my life to the Lord when I was nine years old, water baptized that same year, and uh, from that point on, uh, continued in, uh, you know, uh, following the Bible the best that I could. Uh, what I knew about prayer, uh, for the most part, we were consistent in church of some kind. We had about a two-year period, uh, I think the last, or the first two years of high school, or the first, last year, junior high, first year of high school, uh, we were kind of seeking for a church home and uh, didn't, didn't uh, land in one. And we had about a year or two years that we were kind of churchless, just didn't go at all. And then we found ourselves in the uh, United Methodist Church. And uh, it made me excited when I first started coming here to hear that Pastor Dwayne came out of the Methodist Church. Because I'm convinced that all the, all, the, all the super spiritual people used to be Methodists. So it's awesome. Anybody that's really doing anything for God at one time was Methodist is what I found out. And uh, so I was encouraged by that. Um, but when I, when I came here, and I, and I kind of like to track my progression this way. 
is that uh, I was born again in a free will Baptist church. And uh, what I learned from the Baptist was the Bible. Uh, There was a a strong emphasis on knowing your word, knowing your scriptures. I got into the Methodist church, and the Methodists taught me about the unconditional love of God. If you really want to find out how much God loves you, you need to talk to a Methodist. Uh, because God loves you like no matter what you do. Uh, it's in the Methodist church. So it's pretty awesome there. And then I came here at Victory Life and I learned about the Holy Spirit. Uh, and this is really where I experienced the power of the Holy Spirit and where I really started seeing uh, the life of God, if you will, the life of the scriptures, the things that happened in Jesus' life and the things that happened in the book of Acts with the disciples of Jesus, I started seeing those things in my life. I never saw anybody supernaturally healed uh, until I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. I'm not saying that, uh, that that's a, a theological stance I'm taking. I'm not. Um, I believe that uh, God responds to faith. Uh, and, but I'm just saying for me personally, I never saw anybody supernaturally healed until I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. Uh, I never cast a demon out of anybody until I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. Um, I never prophesied over anyone um, until I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. I never had a a vision or felt like God really talked to me in a real tangible way. Um, You know, in in the circles that I grew up in, if you wanted to hear the Lord talk to you, you just open your Bible. That's and that was the only way that God would talk to you. And how many of you are thankful for God speaking to us through the scripture? That's great. Uh, but Jesus had this interesting exchange with a group of religious, religious leaders of his day. And he said, you search the scriptures because you think it's in them that you have eternal life. But they, the scriptures, are them that testify of me. And you won't come to me that you might have life. Uh, I believe the whole point of the Bible is to put you in touch with the author And if you haven't got into life-giving relationship with the author through the Bible, then you're reading the Bible wrongly. Um, And I'm not trying to be hard about that. It's just uh, what I I believe. Uh, And the Bible tells me so. I just quoted it to you. Um, So I believe that uh, there's just this enrichment to the Christian life that comes through the power of the Holy Spirit. And I don't know your background uh, in regards to Christian faith or just your faith at all. You could have stumbled in here tonight and you have no reference point for God, uh, I believe you're in the best place out of any of us uh, because it means that you probably haven't been taught anything wrong. <laughs> if you know nothing about God, then you're probably going to have the greatest experience with the Lord tonight. Have you found out that it's uh, a lot of times easier for us to experience something that we have no reference point for than it is to experience things that we've had people uh, shape our opinion in a wrong way about? And I, and I find this in regards to the Holy Spirit, that people get very uncomfortable uh, talking about the Holy Spirit. And most of the time it's marked by some church that they were in uh, where everybody was screaming in tongues. For some people there were snakes involved, um, you know, all those different kinds of things. That, that, wasn't, that wasn't my experience. I was in a church one time and I was very afraid because of how they were behaving. There might have been snakes, but I didn't stick around long enough to find out, but... Um, and, you know, and, and, uh, and, I, and I've been accused of being that way before, uh, not with the snakes, but just, uh, you know, screaming in tongues. I have done that before. I'm going to be, I'm gonna be honest, but uh, you need to do it too if you've never done it before. But uh, in the middle, and then that's the other topic that comes up. And I was really encouraged. Uh, 
my friend Josh is, is here tonight. Uh, Josh Needham, he heads up our arts and design department for all of Victory Life. Him and his wife, Audrey, beautiful people. Give a round of applause to them. They're great people. They love the Lord, and uh, we've been uh, making some uh, revisions and, and deepening some of our content around Next Steps, and we got to do a, a, a video together on the Holy Spirit, and we also got to do an extended kind of interview podcast on the Holy Spirit. They were excited to be able to, uh, to, to uh, bring uh, uh, to the body whenever everything, the, the whole project's done. But uh, I don't know if it was the conversation with him that kind of stirred some of this up in me. But when I first started preaching, after I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, it was like the only thing I preached about. Uh, and then it just, I feel like I haven't, I haven't talked about it in a long time. And uh, I was talking with, uh, with uh, Jody earlier today, and I said, I really feel like I'm supposed to talk about the Holy Spirit. And she got really excited. And then I got excited, and I said, but I just feel like this is very basic to talk about. And she said, no. She said, we take it for granted. Uh, and I said, man, okay, well, that's my, you know, confirmation on what I'm going to, what I'm going to do. So I'm going to be a little bit teachy because I'm going to give you some uh, multiple scriptures to kind of give you a, a background for where we're going. And then at the end of this thing, I want to have the ministry teams come. And I just want to exclusively uh, call for people that want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Um, and that's what we're going to do. So sound good? Good. All right. About... 15 people excited. That's great. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So for me, 10 years ago, being baptized in the Holy Spirit was a, was a radically uh, defining moment in my life. Uh, I'm going to tell a little bit of uh, some more of my story. Um, I was going to say, is that okay? But you really can't tell me what to do because I'm already up here talking. So <laughs> it's just going to have to happen. Um, but I, I first, I started coming to church here and uh, because this is where my, my uh, soon-to-be wife was coming to church. Uh, so, men, if we're being honest, we most of the time got in church because of, uh, because of the woman that we love or uh, chasing a woman, so that's good. I tell Pastor Colton, if you want to grow the youth group, just make sure there's pretty girls in there. It'll grow. Uh, but uh, the, at, at the end of the day, I started coming here, and I was still going to the Methodist church at the time. I was actually leading a youth group in the Methodist church, doing a terrible job. Uh, but I was the most uh, knowledgeable one, so they picked me to do it. I started at 17. That was a really bad idea. And, in, and I, I love, I'm not, I'm not knocking any of my uh, Methodist uh, brothers. Um, I'm glad to be connected to even the church here in town. But kind of the mantra in the Methodist church is open hearts, open doors, and open minds. Uh, and you can guess where that goes. So, uh, you know, I kind of did what I wanted to on the weekend. I won't go into a lot of explanation there. Uh, I know none of you have any idea what that means, but you're so pure and holy. But I did what I wanted to on the weekend, and then I you know, go to church uh, on, on Wednesday and lead the youth group, and it was all good because God loves you. So uh, anyway, yeah, so the ones that laughed might have been former Methodists, so that's awesome. <laughs> so anyway, uh, that, that progressed, and I started coming here, and we were splitting time. Uh, my wife uh, was very gracious, of course, not my wife then, but... Uh, we talked, and she uh, she said, knowing what she had here and growing up in the church here, this really shows you how much she cared about me. Uh, she said, well, I know your church is important to you, so I'll tell you what, we'll go two Sundays to your church and two Sundays to Victory. And knowing now that she did that and was willing to do that, that really means a lot to me. 
uh, knowing that you guys aren't crazy anymore, so it's great. Um, well, some of you, the jury's still out, but um, we, uh, we, I started coming, and it was only, I mean, a couple months, and then it was like, I'm, I'm done, you know, this is where I'm supposed to be. And uh, what I found was in the process of building a relationship with uh, my now mother-in-law and father-in-law was that they were really good people, and, uh, and their daughter was halfway normal, and it was great, and, uh, and I've never been normal, so I wasn't, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't expecting much, but, uh, from myself, but in the middle of that process, I remember that, uh, we were multiple months into building a relationship and, um, the, the process of getting to know the family, and, uh, it was, uh, a jubilee in 2010, and, uh, Andrew Walmack came, and it's cool because I get to talk to people now that responded to that same altar call that he gave about being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Well, the night before, uh, my, uh, my now in-laws were staying in an RV on the property because back in those days, <laughs> 10 years ago, back in those days, when we, uh, you know, we did Jubilee here. Anybody remember when we did Jubilee here? Yeah. And uh, it was like, it's like a 24-7 deal, you know, so they just lived here. On the property, and we came over. Uh, I think it was after uh, after yeah, it was one of the nights of Jubilee. We came over because the next night was going to be Andrew, and we started talking. And and my mother in law, Misty, how many of you love Pastor Misty? She's amazing. Love you. Or uh, Chief Mimi, as she's affectionately known. You can call her Chief Mimi if you want to, but anyway, you won't, you won't figure that out. But anyway, in in the middle of all that. Uh, sorry I gave your, your name away, Mimi. But uh, in the middle of that conversation that night, um, we started talking about the Holy Spirit. And uh, I grew up, and my exposure to the Holy Spirit was the doxology, you know, in the Methodist church. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. That's the only time I heard about the Holy Spirit is when we said that. And then we sometimes would, uh, well, we would talk about him a lot in the, in the Baptist church. But it was always in the context of um, he's the one that makes you feel bad when you sin. So that's how I knew about the Holy Spirit with that. And then I heard about him in the little song we did at the end of service in the Methodist church. And then other than that, the only other time I really saw anything about him was uh, whenever I would get really down on myself for being a rotten teenager. Uh, and I'd like, you know, kind of uh, repent in my bedroom to God and cry, you know, because I was living bad. I'd turn on TBN. <laughs> And I'd watch it early at night, and it was always Benny Hinn on late at night on TBN. And uh, I loved it. I still, I still love to watch Benny Hinn. I'm just telling you, I do. I loved it. I was like, man, this is amazing. You want to talk about entertaining. It was amazing. And uh, I really don't care how you feel about Benny Hinn. I'm just telling you that I still like to watch it. It's entertaining. So we, uh, I mean, you watch, you watch a lot, you watch a lot uh, more uh, unspiritual things that are entertaining. <laughs> I mean, you know, some of you watch, you know, two guys in a cage beat each other bloody. And, I mean, I, I like watching, uh, you know, people falling out, you know, on Benny Hinn. So, anyway, to each his own. But uh, I like Benny. So, we were there, and uh, we were watching it. I was watching it in my room. And that's really like I started seeing this kind of thing of the Holy Spirit. And I'm like, well, if that's the Holy Spirit, that's awesome. You know, like the Holy Spirit is knocking people out. That's cool. Uh, but then I thought, like, this either has to be real or not real. You know what I mean? Like, there's a fine line. And 
between all that. And uh, then I'd see people come up on the platform, you know, and pastor, pastor, cancer, cancer's healed, pastor. You know, and they have, you know, have you ever watched it? You know, they bring, there's always the lady screaming and telling them what's going on. And Benny's never listening, is he? He's always just like singing and hitting people with his jacket and that kind of stuff. So I'm telling you, it's really entertaining. So anyway, he came up and uh, I'm glad I'm making you uncomfortable. This is part of the process. If we're really going to talk about the Holy Spirit, we have to really start provoking the spirit of religion. Because we got to get him out of the way so that God can do something in your heart. So I'm going to keep making you uncomfortable talking about Benny Hinn. So in the, in the middle of all that, I'd watch it at night, and I'd think, man, this is crazy, you know. And then and, and I would watch it, and, and then that was kind of my relationship with the Holy Spirit. Well, um, then I went to a church, and they were all screaming in tongues. And uh, the, the, uh, the, one of the pastors that was there... Um, my mom has uh, struggled with her health since she was a teenager and has seen a lot of breakthroughs since she's been uh, connected here and uh, is still on a healing journey. Uh, my, my mother is as close to a saint as I've ever met in my life. And uh, she really is. And uh, uh, she, uh, we went to this church, this Pentecostal church, Pentecostal Holiness Church. And uh, the pastor told her that uh, she had come out of remission from her uh, from, a, from a health struggle that she has, and it was because she uh, had um, hidden sin in her life, and that's what was going on. And I remember her saying something to my grandparents when we left. We went for a healing revival, and she was crying in the car on the way home, and I was sitting in the back seat as a little boy, and I was very angry um, because even what I knew about, what I knew about God, uh, that was not God, to do that to somebody and to say that. And, uh, and I just said, well, okay, kind of in my heart, then that has to not be anything to have to do with that cannot be what God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit is about. So I grew up with a belief that a lot of, a lot of you probably did, some of you might have, that uh, the Holy Spirit, you know, did some particular things in the Bible that he doesn't do anymore uh, and that if he does it, it's just a sovereign move of God. It's definitely not accessible to anybody to everybody and you know speaking in tongues is really just being able to speak in another language like Italian or German or something like that for the purposes of uh, evangelism and uh, that's kind of my you know my belief and I'm not saying that that uh, that part is uh, is wrong it's actually not there's uh, really a supernatural ability that God will give you to cross language barriers on mission fields and that kind of stuff so I'm not I'm not saying that part the part about the Holy Spirit not doing what he did in the Bible anymore that's really wrong um, but the other part's not. So, are you with me? Yes. Okay, I promise I'm going to give you some scriptures. I told you Romans, I'm going to get to it. Or I actually read one, so I'm good, I'm covered. That's more than I typically do. I actually read a scripture, that's great. So, in the, in, in the middle, and people, I, people are just funny, you know, they say, well, you know, if, if you're up there and you're just giving your opinion, you know, we don't want your opinion. I was like, well, how do you ever read Paul? Because uh, Paul actually says, not I, not the Lord, but I think this. So you, don't, you must not read Paul then if you don't like spiritual people's opinions. Anyway, so in the middle of all that, I'm telling you, religious spirit, I'm just going to punch it in the face. Every time, every time I see it, every time I perceive one of your thoughts, I'm going to tell you it's wrong. So anyway, uh, in the middle of all that, uh, I started thinking to myself, okay, you know, Holy Spirit and, and cool and, and whatnot. And then I came here and uh, the teaching was awesome. 
And uh, Pastor Dwayne, I mean, was just, uh, you know, delivering this stuff. And I felt like I had, you know, left uh, grade school and I had stepped into like a higher education of the things of God. I was like, man, I never heard anybody talk about this. And that makes sense. And this and this. And, and I'm somebody that if I could see it in the Bible, I would just believe it. I just, and I, and I really do believe that uh, even my, my Baptist roots there really taught me the authority of God's word. And I'm appreciative for that. Uh, there was just certain parts that we didn't teach and we, we overlooked. But uh, in the middle of all that, I really believed if I saw it in the Bible, it was, yeah, it's the way it was. So fast forward to uh, the, the Jubilee uh, 2010. And I'm talking with, uh, with uh, Misty. And we get off on this topic about the Holy Spirit. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I know about the Holy Spirit. And then she starts talking about like Holy Spirit, like baptism. And I'm like, okay, that happens whenever you're saved. Yeah, that's right. I'm good. I'm tracking with you. And uh, then what happens, you know, after that? It's like, well, after you're, you know, that happens and this kind of thing. And some of the things that come into your life is like the ability to speak in other tongues. And I'm like, whoa, wait a second. Speak with other tongues. What do you, what do you mean by that? She's like, well, that's something like I do. And I'm like, you do that? I was like, but you're not mean or weird, so why do, you, why do you do that? Why do you do that? Like, you're a good person. Because in my mind, weird, mean people do that, you know? And anyway, so then she says, yeah, well, Serena does that too. And I looked at her and I said, you do that? And she's like, yeah. It's no big deal because it was just like I said, foundational, basic. For me, it was like, whoa, that's not basic at all. And it really messed with me because I'm like, you're actually good people. Like I've been around you long enough now that you actually practice what you preach and you don't just, you know, worship on Sundays. Your life is worship. I see you take, I see you loving people like I don't love people. I'm very, I'm still working on loving people if I'm being honest. You guys are hard to love. <laughs> And uh, in the middle of all that, uh, in, in the middle of all that, well, you are because you're like me, right? Yeah, you're, yeah, you're hard to love. And uh, anyway, in, in the middle of all that, not to, not to God, but for us, we're difficult for each other. It's okay, we're working on it. So just be nice. Do whatever I tell you to do, and I'll like you. Okay, no, I'm just kidding. So in the, in the middle of all that, she hands me this book by Andrew Womack called The New You and the Holy Spirit. little short read. And I'm like, oh, this is great. Andrew Womack, huh? this is the guy that's coming tomorrow? She said, yeah. She said, I think this would be really good because she knew me. She knew how I think. She's like, it shows you right from the Bible. I'm like, what translation? No, I'm just kidding. It's right from the Bible. It's not that message translation, is it? No, I'm just kidding. Anyway, so, <laughs> so anyway, uh, man, stay out of that. That's a trap. Don't say that, Zach. Don't say that. Thank you for interceding, Dustin. I about said something I was going to regret. So in the middle of that... Uh, Man, please go away, thought. It's still not leaving. Please go away. Please go away. All right, it's gone now. So uh, the book, I go home that night, and I read the book cover to cover. And I read the book, and it starts talking to me about, you know, uh, Book of Acts, uh, chapter, well, I wrote it down here. Let me tell you where it was. Uh, Acts chapter 8. This one really got me. Acts chapter 8, verses 14 through 17. You know, because I, I thought that baptism in the Holy Spirit happened whenever you got saved. It was kind of a, you know, right then everything happened at one time. You guys okay if I talk about this? Okay, good. All right. I'm feeling a little too laid back. It's making me nervous. Uh, 
Now, listen to this. This is Acts chapter 8. Now, when the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, did I tell you the verse? 8.14? Did I say 14? Okay, sorry. 14, yeah. Who came down and prayed for them. Sorry. When they learned that the Samaritans had received the word of God, which is what? Who's the word of God? So they'd received Jesus. They got saved. Born again. Right? Okay. They sent to them Peter and John. John's my favorite disciple, by the way. He's the best. Who came down and prayed for them? Because I took a personality test, and it said that one of my famous people was John, so that's why he's my favorite apostle. How do they know what personality type John was, you know? Um, who came? Okay, so they sent Peter and John, who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Wait a second. They received Jesus. Oh, but it's Father, Son, and... They received the word of God, who is who? Okay. Are you quiet because you uh, already know this, or are you quiet because it's making you think? Which one? 80-20 mix? That's, that's good for ground beef. It's okay for here, okay? <laughs> who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Listen to this. For he had not yet fallen on any of them. Fallen on them? Like Benny Hinn falling on them? <laughs> So then I started getting excited. I'm like, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> but they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Wait a second. So they had received the word of God, had received Jesus, and they'd been water baptized? But the Holy Spirit hadn't fallen on them? What's going on here? This is in the Bible? Why didn't nobody ever tell me this? Then, they, then Peter and John laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. After that, I was like, yeah, that's easy. But you want more scriptures, don't you? Okay, I'll give you some more. Uh, remember, Romans 14, 17 says that the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. It's not this material thing. It's not this man-made thing. It's this spiritual thing, and it's only made possible for you to experience it. And I believe the reality that God has for you through the Holy Spirit. Now, don't start getting anxious and worried, beloved little children, little sheep. Because you're probably hearing thoughts now that say, so the church that I got brought up in, they said if you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit, you can't go to heaven. Mm. Okay, so if that's true, then the thief on the cross next to Jesus went to hell. And if you have to be water baptized to go to heaven, then the thief on the cross also went to hell which means that the thief on the cross next to Jesus was lied to by Jesus. We know that's not true, right? Okay. So it's like, best option, come to know Jesus early, be water baptized, be baptized in the Holy Spirit, but just so it doesn't turn into a formula, also in the book of Acts, roundabouts chapter 10, let's just say that, Read 10, 11, 12. It's there someplace. I don't think I wrote this one down. I, I have it, but I'm going to have to dig for it, and I don't want to do that right now, so just stay with me. Peter's preaching to a group of Gentiles who are worse than Samaritans, uh, straight-up pagans, and as he's teaching them, as he's just sharing the gospel, they all get baptized in the Holy Spirit and start speaking in tongues. So just... So God intentionally does things out of order sometimes to keep you from being religious. 
Say, but wait, they didn't get water baptized and they didn't pray the sinner's prayer. I know God can do whatever he wants to do. I know we understand like delegated authority and we're under authority and we have authority to do things, but that doesn't compromise the sovereignty of God. God can do whatever he wants. And I know we have good intentions when we say things like, well, the Holy Spirit's a gentleman. He'll never force himself on anybody. Tell, Tell that to Saul. I... You know, I know what we mean. It's like I get the, the spirit of that. But Saul wasn't planning on following Jesus until he got knocked off his donkey, blinded by the Lord. Like God can do whatever he wants to do. And you just have to be okay with that. And if you're not okay with that, you have a God complex. <laughs> or you have a very small God. And that's not good. That's not good. So anyway, yeah, so just to keep us from being religious, the Gentiles got filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit fell on them, whatever you want to say. Uh, and Peter was just sharing the gospel. That's pretty cool. And so I was reading these things, and then I started, uh, Andrew in the book started talking to me about First uh, Corinthians 12, 13, and 14. And then I started seeing stuff about tongues and prophecy and healings. And I thought, man, where have I been? Like, I've never read this before. And I never read it before because, you know, the way that I grew up, you just only read what the preacher said. Like, whatever verses he used, those must be the important ones. It's his job to pick the important ones. Kind of like the cliff notes, right? Like, I'm not going to read the whole book. Preacher, give me the important ones. That's the ones I need to know. Okay? And let's face it, like, sometimes reading the Bible is boring. You've never read Leviticus before. (laughs) You're telling me it's exciting for you to read the Bible all the time? Okay, we're going to get you delivered from a spirit of lying. Something's going on here. Something's going on here. The parts you like are exciting, but there's some stuff in there. It's like you read it to go to sleep. It's terrible. Uh, You get what I mean by that, right? Okay, calm down. The Bible's not the fourth member of the Trinity. It's going to be okay. I didn't say anything bad about Jesus. I didn't even say anything bad about the Bible. I just said some parts of it are boring. That's all I said. It's okay. All right. There again. Religious spirit. Religious spirit. (laughs) Getting aggravated. What did he say about the Bible? I said some of it was boring. (laughs) Okay. So, help me out here. Can you say that? I just did. I really did just say that. I'm just being honest. I love God. Sometimes the Bible's hard to read, but I love Jesus. Anyway, so in the middle of all this, some of you are waiting for me to fall down, aren't you? (laughs) Lightning to strike me. It's going to be okay. So I read this book, and it started talking to me about spiritual gifts, like speaking other tongues, prophesying. What's that? Saying things only God knows. Healing? I was like, my thought was, if this is all real, I remember this thought clearly in my bedroom. How 19 19 years old. If this is all real, then this changes everything. Because I remember as a kid, when my mom would have really bad uh, medical episodes, that I would go in her room and I would put my hands on her and I don't even know why I would do that instinctively and I would pray and I would pray for God to give me what she had so she didn't have to have it. And I thought to myself, if this is real, 
Like if this is real, that you can have power from God, that demons obey you and sickness obeys. And all this, to me, that changes everything for me. It's a big deal. Uh, you, you, you feel what I'm, you, you smell what I'm stepping in? Okay, good. So I read this book and it was like, man, this is awesome. And it's all this scripture. So I come to the, uh, the Jubilee service and Andrew does the call and I come down to the front, and he's praying for people to receive, you know, baptism. He says, you receive this the same way you receive salvation, childlike faith. You ask, you believe, you receive, and God gives it to you. So I left, and I was like, great, I've received. Now what? And I started this journey. I, uh, this was in July, and I started a journey from July to November. Uh, Pastor Dwayne's got some phenomenal teaching. He did Knowing the Holy Spirit not too long ago, uh, that series. Um, I like one better than that. It's Holy Spirit 1 and Holy Spirit 2. And I probably just like it better because I was, uh, that's the one that specifically spoke to me. Uh, but I would recommend those because I'm definitely not going to get into, I mean, really probably half of it tonight. And uh, I'll, I'll forget to come back and talk about it next week or I'll have somebody else talk next week. So. But in the middle of all that, um, I listened to these teachings and it was really, really inspiring and I just started seeing it. And then I believed I had received, but now I was going after some of, this to, some of these manifestations in my life, if you will. Like I knew that it was baptism in the Holy Spirit that made it possible to speak in other tongues. Uh, and I really wanted that. I mean, I thought that was awesome. Like, that's cool. And I really wanted to be able to knock people down like Benny Hinn. So I was like, I gotta, that's like Jedi master like level 30. And I'm at one, so I gotta get tongues and then I can start knocking people down. That'll be awesome. So I started this journey in this process. And sure enough, I was with a friend of mine and we would come over once a week. His name was Evan, awesome guy. And we would just teach each other what we were learning out of the Bible. I started helping out in the, in the youth group uh, here. And uh, that's how I, uh, Pastor uh, Jacob and I became friends. And uh, in the process of that time, my friend Evan would come over once a week and we'd stay up uh, really early in the morning, you know, three, four o'clock in the morning, just teaching each other what God was having. We're having life group, just two of us teaching each other things from the Bible. And I started asking them questions about baptism of the Holy Spirit. What do you think about it? What do you know about it? And uh, we started praying together one night, and uh, it was amazing. Just both of us started speaking in tongues at the same time. And it was this powerful experience that we had. And uh, um, anyway, in the middle of all that, I was like, okay, well, if, if the Holy Spirit's baptized me and I can do this, What's next? So I started reading 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 13, and 14, talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And it said, Paul says, if you speak in tongues, pray that you can interpret. So I said, well, I see a pattern here. You believe, you receive, and then you get. And it's, you always get what God wants to give. So I'm like, okay, seems simple enough. So, Father, I believe I receive the ability to interpret. So Evan came back the next week, and I said, hey, Evan, I started, I prayed last week to be able to interpret tongues. You just so happened to speak in tongues, I know, because I was there. Start speaking in tongues, and I'm going to tell you what you're saying. <laughs> People get like all, it's not, it's not very, it's not difficult. Uh, anyway, so he started speaking in tongues, and I just sat there, and I was listening, and I was like, he's kind of, his is different than mine. His sounds like kind of like German or something. I remember thinking to myself, mine sounds way better. <laughs> I'm just being honest. 
I've matured. I don't think that anymore. It's all beautiful. Oh, but anyway. Religious spirit, man. Religious spirit. We're going we're gonna to get it out of here. We're going to get it out of here. So anyway, in the middle of all that, I was, uh, I was talking, and uh, he was talking in tongues, and I was there in the living room, and uh, I just kept listening, and sure enough, I mean, it was probably, I don't know, three, four minutes, five minutes, I just started being able to tell him what he was saying. It just happened, and I've been able to do it ever since then. Uh, so then I read, and it said, well, you speak in tongues, and you interpret, but the greatest thing is to prophesy. So I'm like, that's me. Remember, I'm trying to get the Jedi levels going up here. So I'm like, okay, this is awesome. So prophesy, what's that? And Paul says, well, he who prophesies is greater than he that speaks in a tongue. And I'm like, well, that's me. I'm destined for greatness, so it's got to be that. And uh, some of you need to think this way about yourself. It'll help you. It'll help you. That's me. Like, it's got to be awesome. This is going to be great. How could I not be great? God gave me the Holy Spirit. That must mean I'm awesome. So uh, now you've got to remind yourself that because the devil and, and uh, other people in your life will try to discourage you from believing that, but it's true. You're awesome enough that God would give you his Holy Spirit. That's powerful, man. I mean, Moses, he looked out with longing in the book of Exodus, and he said, he said, man, I would. He said, I desire that all the Lord's people would be prophets and that the Spirit of the Lord would come to rest upon all of them. Like, we live in the day that, that Moses longed for. And like Jody said, we just take it for granted. Man. So, uh, I started being able to tell him what he was saying. And it was crazy, because what, what I was telling him he was saying was scriptures I had read before. And I was like, that's crazy. Like, I'm telling him, but I don't know that. You've heard me preach enough. I don't have stuff memorized very well. I don't have stuff memorized very well. But I was like saying stuff that was biblical, that he was saying. I'm like, man, you're saying all that? You're awesome. And then it was the, the prophecy thing. So I read in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, 14. Go home and read it. It can be your homework. It won't take you very long. And it says if you prophesy and, oh, praise God. I thought someone was speaking in tongues. I got excited. <laughs> So they, he says, if somebody comes in the church and everybody's just up screaming in tongues, they'll say you're crazy and they won't come back. That's the paraphrased version. So that's why we do things decently and in order uh, most of the time. And anyway, <laughs> religious spirit, I told you, I'm out, I'm out to get you. And uh, in the middle of all that, um, I'm reading the passage and it says, but he that prophesies, he speaks in a known tongue and he speaketh unto men for edification, exhortation, and confirmation. And Paul says that if, you, if an unbeliever outsider enters and he's prophesied to, that the secrets of his heart would be disclosed and that he'd fall down on his face and say, surely God's among you. I said, that sounds like Obi-Wan Kenobi level stuff. <laughs> like these are not the droids you're looking for. That's awesome. So how do I get that? Oh, yeah, I remember. Just like I got tongues and the interpretation of tongues. And people are like, well, you can't operate in all the gifts. Why not? You can't do that. I have. Not all the time. Not every day. But yeah, I think the nine that are there, they've all showed up at one time or another. Why not? That's not even an exhausted list. An exhaustive list. I don't believe that's all of them. 
Yeah, anyway, so um, I told you I feel very relaxed. I'm, I'm, I hope this is making sense to you. Um, I don't feel on, on point at all. This is weird. But uh, I told him, I told, uh, well, yeah, because Jesse prayed for my mind to change. So that's what it is. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, brother. I appreciate it. So prophecy, yeah. So I go to youth and I say, okay, God, I prayed to prophesy. That means I'm going to tell somebody something that nobody else knows but you. That's what the Bible says. So which one's it going to be? So I stood at the back and I'm looking. I'm like, Who's, which one are we going to get? Which one of these people? And this, this youth, you know, a, a youth, a kid, has uh, pointed out to me. And I say, okay, it's that guy. So I go up to him. And I say, hey, can I pray for you? He says, sure. I, it seemed to me like that would be the best way to ease into it. Uh, and I still, I still believe that. If you're prophesying over somebody, I think it's a great point just to start off in prayer and then just see where God goes. Um, I, I still do that. And... Uh, I went up to him, and I looked at him, and they kind of looked at me. I said, hey, can I pray for you? And he said, sure. So I started praying for him. And I don't know what to tell you. Just as soon as I started praying for him, I just kind of had a little picture in my, in my brain because uh, you know that's what your imagination's for is actually it's the, uh, it's the operating system that God wants to show you the things of the Spirit by. Uh, and you've discounted it as it being just you for a long time. Uh, and you'd be surprised how often just you is really just God. So I'm there, and I start telling them. I said, hey, I see this. I see you at your locker at school, and this is going on. And I remember the 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 kind of the connotation, the the tone of what it was is that he was needing to make a stand for Jesus, but he was losing friends because of it, and he was being bothered by it. But I have my eyes closed because I'm praying, you know. And I open my eyes, and he's just, tears are streaming down his face. And I'm like, I either just ruined this kid's life, or I'm a Jedi. It's one of these two things that's happening right now, because this is awesome. And something about this tells me I'm a Jedi. So he looks at me, and he's like, how did you know that? And I'm like, you know, now I'm very spiritual. Well, it's called the gift of prophecy, you know, and I'm going to say, and it's from the Bible, you know, and you can have it too. I mean, I th- don't think God really uh, holds it back. I mean, if you want it, like, you can have it. Um, it's just up to you what you do with it. So, uh, but anyway, so that happens. And yeah, that just started a progression. Then um, I got later on in the Holy Spirit one and two, I think I got to the second box, you know, number two. And that's, that's where the good stuff was. Like, there was some really, like, crazy stuff in that one. Uh, I was like, yeah, like, this is, this is cool. Pastor Dwayne's definitely a Jedi. So he was talking about some of this stuff. And uh, started talking about healing. I'm like, man, that'd be cool. So what do I do to heal people? Well, just believe that, just like the rest. So, well, where do I start? Well, I got plenty of people that are sick in, you know, my family. Uh, so I found out that my uh, grandpa was about to have surgery on his knee. They're going to do a, the scope uh, procedure. You know what I'm talking about? the I don't forget what it's called. Yeah, laparoscopic, that's it. And uh, they're going to do the scope thing on his knee. So I went to his house, and I was like, I'm listening to this teaching, and I read in the book of James, it says that if I anoint you with some oil, and I know grandma's a good cook, she's got some oil. We definitely at least got Crisco around here, so... <laughs> If I, put, if I put some oil on you and I pray, then everything will be okay with your knee. Are you cool with that? He's like, why not? 
So we got some oil out of the kitchen, and I was thinking to myself, like, there's got to be some magic oil. But all they had was, you know, like, you know, whatever, off-brand oil. I guess eh, that'll work. It's oil. So I put some oil on him, put my hands on him, and pray. And he calls me the next day, and he's crying on the phone. I'm like, you okay? He said, I just, I left the, I left, and my grandpa English is a second language, so I, I, had, to, I had to listen and I don't know, it's so funny. Like, I, I know enough Spanish to talk to people because I grew up with it. Uh, I can't, I'm not college level. Um, I can't, I don't preach very well in Spanish. But uh, I can talk to anybody. And my grandpa, he acts like he, like, forgets that. Like, I understand everything he says. And I'll tell him, just talk to me in Spanish. And he won't. And then he'll say something in Spanish, and then he tells me what it means. I'm like, <laughs> I know what you said. It means this, mijo. I know. I understood you when you said it. I ran into it at the post office today, and he told me something in Spanish, and he told me what it meant. I'm like, I already know what it means, man. So anyway, so I was at his house, and I prayed for him, and then he calls me the next day, and he tells me, he said, I don't understand. Something has happened. No, no, something has happened. I'm like, okay, what has happened? And uh, he says, I went to the surgeon. And they say, no surgery. We don't know what happened, but nothing's wrong with your knee. And I said, man, that's awesome. That's great. So then I got really excited, and I'm like, I am for sure a Jedi now. <laughs> it's all over, you know. And then it wasn't too long after that, you know, I cast a demon out of somebody. And uh, it was just a, it was a crazy deal. Really cool. So... Uh, if you have a demon, we can take care of it tonight. I won't, we won't even charge you. Uh, real, real easy to do. Demons aren't. Demons are actually very, very weak and very afraid of Jesus. Uh, the culture tries to make them. Uh, don't get me wrong. It's freaky, but it's not, it's not scary. Uh, so if you got a demon, we can get rid of it. Guaranteed. Anyway, but in the middle of all that, they, uh, uh, yeah, it was just this progression. And I'm like, man. And I remember John the Baptist asking if Jesus was the Messiah. And it was the Messiah's God, it was the Messiah's job to bring the kingdom, God's kingdom. We, we've learned about that this weekend. And when John said, got a message from jail, John the baptizer to Jesus, and the message was this Are you the Christ? Are you the king? of this kingdom that's coming? Or do we look for another? <laughs> and Jesus said this, go back and tell John, the blind see, the deaf hear, the lame walk. And I thought, man, so that has to be part of the kingdom then. Because the kingdom of God's like something. Jesus would do that a lot. He'd be preaching and you can see him get excited. What shall I compare the kingdom to? What shall I compare the kingdom to? It's so good. It's like, it's hard. You ever have something so good that it's really hard to put it into words? That's the kingdom of God. And you access it by the Holy Spirit. I read it to you out of the Bible. Roman, everybody agrees with Paul, no matter your, your background. We don't agree with Jesus all the time, but everybody agrees with Paul. I'm being serious. It's true. I know you don't agree with Jesus all the time. Read the Sermon on the Mount. I guarantee you, you won't. I guarantee you won't. Somebody slaps you on the face, give them your other cheek. You'll, you'll have a hard time with that. Love your enemy. Yeah. Paul's a little bit more. Yeah, we like him better. Yeah. 
He talks about people bearing the sword, and we like that, so we listen to Paul. Anyway, it's all true. It's all good. Not, one's not more true than the other, but, uh, man, I really have to stop doing that. I get sidetracked. Where was I going? Uh, yes, Paul says, Romans 14, 17, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. But what does righteousness look like? Righteousness looks like rightness. Is it right for people to be tormented by a demon? So what's the righteousness of the kingdom? That person being free. Okay. Uh, is it the right? Is it is it peace for you to be uh, practicing a form of meditation every day called worry, worry, and bound in fear and insecurity? No. Is it God's kingdom to walk around as a Christian and look like you've been baptized in pickle juice? No. There's joy. But see, the kingdom is accessible through the Holy Spirit. So I don't know how you can talk about the kingdom of God without talking about the Holy Spirit. That's just what I think. So <clears throat> let me uh, give you this one thing, and then we'll be, be done. Uh, ministry teams, why don't you go ahead and come down here. This was not very polished at all. You should read how good these notes are. I was really going to impress you with this. I've even got my fancy little journaling Bible out. This was going to be awesome. Don't know what happened. Jesse's prayer. She say, okay, uh, but what about this, this Holy Spirit thing? Let me give this to you really quick. Uh, John chapter 20. Uh, verse 19 through 23. I'll be really, okay, three minutes, I can do it. On the evening of that day, you watch. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. When he said this, he showed them his hands and his sides, his side, and the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord, and Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I'm sending you. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they're forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. That's John chapter 20, verses 19 through 23. Did you hear Jesus tell the disciples to receive the Holy Spirit after he breathed on them? Okay, that's cool. That's awesome. Did you also see that it was connected to their sins being forgiven? Okay, so what happened right there was uh, pretty much the experience that we know as being born again. Uh, God is once again breathing into humanity. It's God's breath in the dirt of humanity that gives them life. You know we messed up in the garden. Jesus came, God in the flesh. He breathed into them. They were the first group of believers. They just became born again. What changes whenever you're born again? Something on the outside or something on the inside? Inside, if I breathe on you, does my breath, and you breathe it in, does my breath go in you? If you breathe it in, right? It breathed on them, receive the Holy Spirit. <gasps> they breathe it in. How many of you know that the Holy Spirit's in you for your sake? Okay. But I read to you out of Acts 8 that there's something about the Holy Spirit falling upon you. I can tell you the Holy Spirit's in you for your sake, but he's on you for the sake of the world, for others. 
So this is what happens. Jesus says, receive the Holy Spirit. 60 seconds. Watch this. And then in Acts chapter 1, Jesus tells them, you heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not very many days from now. And he tells them in verse 8, Acts 1.8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses. Witnesses of Jesus do the things that Jesus did. Okay? And it's possible through the Holy Spirit. Witnesses of Jesus bring what the kingdom of God is like places. And that's through the power of the Holy Spirit. So think about the disciples. Possibly could be confused here, right? Because it goes Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, then Acts. And if we're getting really scholarly, Luke and Acts is actually at one time one book. Because Luke wrote Acts. Luke, the, the good doctor, wrote Acts. But John, the way it's canonized, John goes into Acts. So the way this reads, one of the last, some of the last passages of John, Jesus is breathing on them and telling them to receive the Holy Spirit. But he connects that to the forgiveness of sins, which is what happens when you're born again. Are you following me? Okay. But then in Acts 1, he tells them to wait until they receive power from on high. The Holy Spirit will come upon them. Do you think the disciples scratched their heads and they said, Jesus, you breathed on us and said, receive the Holy Spirit. But now you're telling us to wait in Jerusalem because the Holy Spirit's coming again? And I tell you this, God can do whatever he wants. Uh, there's a, 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 a fellow pastor I was talking to one day that went to a, uh, an abbey, uh, a place where monks live. And uh, one of the monks came out, an old monk, and was talking to to the pastor and said this, just asked the question. said, do you know why people uh, stall out or why people, people cap in their intimacy with God? This monk's like 85 years old, lived in this place for like 50 years. First thing out of the gate, he came up and told the pastor, asked the question, do you know why people don't deepen in their intimacy with God? And they said, no, why? He says, because we don't know how to embrace mystery. This is mysterious. I don't claim to give you a theological breakdown of why the Holy Spirit comes in you at salvation and then has to come on you for... I don't know. I don't figure all that out. I just know that God can do whatever he wants. And clearly through the scripture, there's something different than the Holy Spirit coming into you and the Holy Spirit falling on you. So if you're anything like me, I say, if it's God, it's good. And if he's giving it out, I want it. Some of you are okay with that. Great. So it says, you know the story. Sound as a mighty rushing wind comes in. Tongues of fire on everybody's head. I believe the fire burned because there was oil that it lit, that made it light. And I believe the oil is uh, receiving Christ. Who, the word Christ means the anointed one. And I believe that these born-again believers had received this, the Christ, the anointing on their life. And I believe the Holy Spirit falling upon them is what caused that oil to burn for all the world to see. The fires, what made it visible. Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you'll be my witnesses. You'll do the things that I do. You'll bring the kingdom in a new way, and you'll also experience the kingdom in a new way. Um, so which one is it? Well, it's both. What do I need? I need it all. Uh, when God's serving bread, I eat. When he's serving wine, I drink. Uh, that's whatever God's doing is what we want is what we want in on. Uh, do you need it? Why? Sure, of course you do. It's good for you. So that's about as simple as I could make it. 
Um, there is a distinction between being born again and Holy Spirit coming on you. I guarantee the thing we did with Josh, it was way more polished than this, way better than this. But all I want to do is this, really simple. Uh, if you want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, I want you to just come down here right now. Just come down. It's going to be awesome. You're going to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. And don't, don't, worry, about, uh, don't worry about any particular manifestation. Uh, we don't care what God does with you after this. We just want you to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. That's it. And some of you might speak in tongues. Some of you might just feel God's peace welling up in your heart. Uh, some of you might have stuff happen later on. It doesn't matter. We receive it just like childlike faith. But if you want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, just, just come, come down. And we want to, we want to pray for you. To, like, just like I read Acts, we want to lay hands on you and see the Holy Spirit fall upon you. Fall upon you. It's awesome. Everybody else, uh, it's 744. Uh, you're free to go. Please get your kids. Um, get your kids. If you want your kids to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, bring them in here. Uh, my two oldest kids baptized in the Holy Spirit speak in tongues. Um, and it's, it's real. Uh, there's no junior Holy Spirit. God give the Holy Spirit to kids. Kids are actually the easiest ones to get the Holy Spirit. I preach at kids camp. They just all, they just, it just, it just wipes over everybody. Because uh, they just are open to it, you know. So if you want your kid baptized in the Holy Spirit, come, go get them now. Bring them in here. Let's pray for them to receive the Holy Spirit. Be awesome. It'd be good. All right. Love you. Bye.